0: Chapter One, Joseph, Part Thirteen of the Legends of the Jews, Volume Two. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Rhonda Fetterman. The Legends of the Jews, Volume Two by Rabbi Louis Ginsburg. Judah pleads and threatens. Joseph dismissed his brethren, and carried Benjamin off by main force, and locked him up in a chamber. But Judah broke the door open and stood before Joseph with his brethren. He determined to use in turn the three means of liberating Benjamin at his disposal. He was prepared to convince Joseph by argument, or move him by entreaties, or resort to force in order to accomplish his end he spake thou doest a wrong unto us thou who did say i fear god thou showest thyself to be like unto pharaoh who hath no fear of god the judgments which thou dost pronounce are not in accordance with our laws nor are they in accordance with the laws of the nations according to our law a thief must pay double the value of what he hath stolen ONLY, IF HE HATH NO MONEY, IS HE SOLD INTO SLAVERY, BUT IF HE HATH THE MONEY, HE MAKETH DOUBLE RESTITUTION. AND ACCORDING TO THE LAW OF THE NATIONS, THE THIEF IS DEPRIVED OF ALL HE OWNS. DO SO, BUT LET HIM GO FREE. IF A MAN BUYS A SLAVE, AND THEN DISCOVERS HIM TO BE A THIEF, THE TRANSACTION IS VOID yet thou desirest to make one a slave whom thou chargest with being a thief. I suspect thee of wanting to keep him in thy power for illicit purposes, and in this lustfulness thou resemblest Pharaoh. Also thou art like Pharaoh, in that thou makest a promise, and keepest it not. Thou setst unto thy servants, Bring thy youngest brother down unto me, that I may set mine eyes upon him. Dost thou call this setting thine eyes upon him? If thou didst desire nothing beside a slave, then wouldst thou surely accept our offer to serve thee as bondman instead of Benjamin? Reuben is older than he, and I exceed him in strength. It cannot be but as I say, thou hast a lustful purpose in mind with our brother." therefore let these words of mine which i am about to speak find entrance into thy heart for the sake of the grandmother of this lad were pharaoh and his house stricken with sore plagues because he detained her in his palace a single night against her will his mother died a premature death by reason of a curse which his father uttered in inconsiderate haste take heed then that this man's curse strike thee not and slay thee. Two of us destroyed the whole of a city on account of one woman. How much more would we do for the sake of a man? And that man, the beloved of the Lord, in whose allotment it is appointed that God shall dwell. If I but utter a sound, death-dealing pestilence will stalk through the land as far as no. In this land Pharaoh is the first, and thou art the second after him. But in our land my father is the first, and I am the second. If thou wilt not comply with our demand, I will draw my sword, and hew thee down first, and then Pharaoh. When Judah gave utterance to this threat, Joseph made a sign and Manasseh stamped his foot on the ground so that the whole palace shook. Judas said, Only one belonging to our family can stamp thus. And intimidated by this display of great strength, he moderated his tone and manner. From the very beginning, he continued to speak, Thou didst resort to all sorts of pretexts in order to embarrass us. The inhabitants of many countries came down into Egypt to buy corn, but none of them didst thou ask questions about their family relations. In sooth, we did not come hither to seek thy daughter in marriage, or peradventure thou desirest an alliance with our sister. Nevertheless, we gave thee an answer unto all thy questions. Joseph replied, Verily, thou canst talk glibly. Is there another babbler like thee among thy brethren? Why dost thou speak so much, while thy brethren that are older than thou, Reuben, Simon, and Levi, stand by silent? Judah, none of my brethren has so much at stake as I have, if Benjamin returns not to his father. I was a surety to my father for him, saying, If I bring him not unto thee, and set him before thee, then let me bear the blame for ever, in this world and in the world to come. The other brethren withheld themselves intentionally from taking part in the dispute between Judah and Joseph, saying, Kings are carrying on a dispute, and it is not seemly for us to interfere between them. Even the angels descended from heaven to earth to be spectators of the combat between Joseph the bull and Judah the lion. And they said, It lies in the natural course of things that the bull should fear the lion, but here the two are engaged in equal furious combat. In reply to Judah, when he explained that his greatest interest in Benjamin's safety was due to the pledge he had given to his father, joseph spoke why wast thou not a surety for thy other brother when ye sold him for twenty pieces of silver then thou didst not regard the sorrow thou wast inflicting upon thy father but thou didst say a wild beast hath devoured joseph and yet joseph had done no evil while this benjamin has committed theft therefore go up and say unto thy father The rope hath followed after the water-bucket. These words had such an effect upon Judah that he broke out in sobs and cried aloud, How shall I go up to my father, and the lad not be with me? His outcry reached to a distance of four hundred parasangs. And when Husham, the son of Dan, heard it in Canaan, he jumped into Egypt with a single leap and joined his voice with Judah's, and the whole land was on the point of collapsing from the great noise they produced. Joseph's valiant men lost their teeth, and the cities of Pithom and Ramses were destroyed, and they remained in ruins until the Israelites built them up again under taskmasters. Also Judah's brethren, who had kept quiet up to that moment, fell into a rage, and stamped on the ground with their feet until it looked as though deep furrows had been torn into it by a plowshare. And Judah addressed his brethren, Be brave, demean yourselves as men, and let each one of you show his heroism, for the circumstances demand that we do our best. Then they resolved to destroy Mizraim, the city of Egypt, and Judas said, I will raise my voice and with it destroy Egypt. Reuben, I will raise my arm and crush it out of existence. Simon, I will raise my hand and lay waste its palaces. Levi, I will draw my sword and slay the inhabitants of Egypt. Issachar, I will make the land like unto Sodom. Zebulun, like unto Gomorrah, I will render it. Dan, I will reduce it to a desert. Then Judah's towering rage began to show signs of breaking out. His right eye shed tears of blood. The hair above his heart grew so stiff that it pierced and rent the five garments in which he was clothed, and he took brass rods, bit them with his teeth, and spat them out as fine powder. When Joseph observed these signs, fear befell him, and in order to show that he too was a man of extraordinary strength, he pushed with his foot against the marble pedestal upon which he sat and it broke into splinters. Judah exclaimed, This one is a hero equal to myself. Then he tried to draw his sword from its scabbard in order to slay Joseph, but the weapon could not be made to budge, and Judah was convinced thereby that his adversary was a God-fearing man, and he addressed himself to the task of begging him to let Benjamin go free but he remained inexorable. Judah then said, What shall we say unto our father when he seeth that our brother is not with us, and he will grieve over him? Joseph, Say that the rope hath followed after the water-bucket. Judah, Thou art a king. Why dost thou speak in this wise, counseling a falsehood? WOE UNTO THE KING THAT IS LIKE THEE. JOSEPH. IS THERE A GREATER FALSEHOOD THAN THAT YE SPAKE CONCERNING YOUR BROTHER JOSEPH, WHOM YOU SOLD TO THE MIDIANITES FOR TWENTY PIECES OF SILVER, TELLING YOUR FATHER AN EVIL BEAST HATH DEVOURED HIM? JUDAH. THE FIRE OF SHECHEM BURNETH IN MY HEART. NOW WILL I BURN ALL THY LAND WITH FIRE joseph surely the fire kindled to burn tamer thy daughter-in-law who did kill thy sons will extinguish the fire of shechem judah if i pluck out a single hair from my body i will fill the whole of egypt with its blood joseph such is it your custom to do Thus ye did unto your brother whom you sold, and then you dipped his coat in blood, brought it to your father, and said, An evil beast hath devoured him, and here is his blood. When Judah heard this, he was exceedingly wroth, and he took a stone weighing four hundred shekels that was before him, cast it toward heaven with one hand, caught it with his left hand, then sat upon it, and the stone turned into dust. At the command of Joseph, Manasseh did likewise with another stone, and Joseph said to Judah, Strength hath not been given to you alone. We also are powerful men. Why then will ye all boast before us? Then Judah sent Naphtali forth, saying, Go and count all the streets of the city of Egypt, and come and tell me the number. But Simon interposed, saying, Let not this thing trouble you. I will go to the mount and take up one huge stone from the mount, throw it over the whole of Mizraim, the city of Egypt, and kill all therein. Hearing all these words, which they spake aloud, because they did not know that he understood Hebrew, Joseph bade his son Manasseh make haste and gather together all the inhabitants of Egypt, and all the valiant men, and let them come to him on horseback and afoot. Meantime, Naphtali had gone quickly to execute Judah's bidding, for he was as swift as the nimble heart. He could run across a field of corn without breaking an ear, and he returned and reported that the city of Egypt was divided into twelve quarters. Judah bade his brethren destroy the city. He himself undertook to raise three quarters, and he assigned the nine remaining quarters to the others, one quarter to each. In the meantime Manasseh had assembled a great army, five hundred mounted men and ten thousand on foot, among them four hundred valiant heroes, who could fight without spear or sword, using only their strong unarmed hands to inspire his brethren with more terror, Joseph ordered them to make a loud noise with all sorts of instruments. And their appearance, and the hubbub they produced, did indeed cause fear to fall upon some of the brethren of Joseph. Judah, however, called to them, "'Why are you terrified, seeing that God grants us his mercy?' he drew his sword, and uttered a wild cry, which threw all the people into consternation. And in their disordered flight, many fell over each other and perished. And Judah and his brethren followed after the fleeing people as far as the house of Pharaoh. Returning to Joseph, Judah again broke out in loud roars, and the reverberations caused by his cries were so mighty, that all the city walls in Egypt, and in Goshen, fell into ruins. The pregnant women brought forth untimely births, and Pharaoh was flung from his throne. Judah's cries were heard at a great distance, as far off as Sukkoth. When Pharaoh learnt the reason of the mighty uproar, he sent word to Joseph that he would have to concede the demands of the Hebrews, else the land would suffer destruction. Thou canst take thy choice, with the words of Pharaoh, between me and the Hebrews, between Egypt and the land of the Hebrews. If thou wilt not heed my command, then leave me and go with them into their land. The Legends of the Jews, Volume 2, by Rabbi Lewis Ginsburg. JOSEPH MAKES HIMSELF KNOWN Seeing that his brethren were, indeed, on the point of destroying Egypt, Joseph resolved to make himself known to them, and he cast around for a proper opening, which would lead naturally to his announcement. At his behest, Manasseh laid his hand upon Judah's shoulder, and his touch allayed Judah's fury for he noticed that he was in contact with a kinsman of his, because such strength existed in no other family. Then Joseph addressed Judah gently, saying, I should like to know who advised him to steal the cup. Could it have been one of you? Benjamin replied, Neither did they counsel theft, nor did I touch the cup. Take an oath upon it demanded Joseph, and Benjamin complied with his brother's request. I swear that I did not touch the cup. As true as my brother Joseph is separated from me, as true as I had nothing to do with the darts that my brethren threw at him, as true as I was not one of those to take off his coat, as true as I had no part in the transaction by which he was given over to the Ishmaelites, as true as I did not help the others dip his coat in blood, so true is my oath that they did not counsel theft and that I did not commit theft. Joseph. How can I know that this oath of thine, taken upon thy brother's fate, is true? Benjamin, from the names of my ten sons, which I gave them in memory of my brother's life and trials, thou canst see how dearly I loved him. I pray thee, therefore, do not bring down my father with sorrow to the grave. Hearing these words of abiding love, Joseph could refrain himself no longer He could not but make himself known unto his brethren. He spake these words to them. Ye said the brother of this lad was dead. Did you yourselves see him dead before you? They answered, Yes. Joseph. Did you stand beside his grave? The brethren. Yes. Joseph. Did you throw clods of earth upon his corpse? The brethren, no. Then Joseph reflected, saying to himself, My brethren are as pious as aforetime, and they speak no lies. They said I was dead because when they abandoned me I was poor, and a poor man is like unto a dead man. They stood beside my grave THAT IS THE PIT INTO WHICH THEY CAST ME, BUT THEY DID NOT SAY THAT THEY HAD SHOVELED EARTH UPON ME, FOR THAT WOULD HAVE BEEN A FALSEHOOD. TURNING TO HIS BRETHREN, HE SAID, YE LIE WHEN YE SAY THAT YOUR BROTHER IS DEAD, HE IS NOT DEAD, YOU SOLD HIM, AND I DID BUY HIM, I SHALL CALL HIM, AND SET HIM BEFORE YOUR EYES and he began to call, Joseph, son of Jacob, come hither. Joseph, son of Jacob, come hither. Speak to thy brethren who did sell thee. The others turned their eyes hither and thither to the four corners of the house until Joseph called to them. Why look ye here and there? Behold, I am Joseph, your brother." Their souls fled away from them, and they could make no answer. But God permitted a miracle to happen, and their souls came back to them. Joseph continued, Ye see it with your own eyes, and also my brother Benjamin seeth it with his eyes, that I speak with you in Hebrew, and I am truly your brother. But they would not believe him. Not only had he been transformed from a smooth-faced youth into a bearded man since they had abandoned him, but also the forsaken youth now stood before them as ruler of Egypt. Therefore Joseph bared his body and showed them that he belonged to the descendants of Abraham abashed they stood there and in their rage they desired to slay joseph as the author of their shame and their suffering but an angel appeared and flung them to the four corners of the house judah raised so loud an outcry that the walls of the city of egypt tumbled down the women brought forth untimely births joseph and pharaoh both rolled down off their thrones AND JOSEPH'S THREE HUNDRED HEROES LOST THEIR TEETH, AND THEIR HEADS REMAINED FOREVER IMMOBILE, FACING BACKWARD, AS THEY TURNED THEM TO DISCOVER THE CAUSE OF THE TUMULT. YET THE BRETHREN DID NOT VENTURE TO APPROACH CLOSE TO JOSEPH. THEY WERE TOO GREATLY ASHAMED OF THEIR BEHAVIOR TOWARD THEIR BROTHER. HE SOUGHT TO CALM THEM, SAYING, NOW BE NOT GRIEVED nor angry with yourselves, that ye sold me hither, for God did send me before you to preserve life. Even such kind words of exhortation did not banish their fear, and Joseph continued to speak. As little as I harbor vengeful thoughts in my heart against Benjamin, so little do I harbor them against you. And still his brethren were ill at ease, and Joseph went on. Think you that it possible for me to inflict harm upon you? If the smoke of ten candles could not extinguish one, how can one extinguish ten? At last the brethren were soothed, and they went up to Joseph, who knew each by name, and weeping he embraced and kissed them all in turn. The reason why he wept was that his prophetic spirit showed him the descendants of his brethren, enslaved by the nations. Especially did he weep upon Benjamin's neck, because he foresaw the destruction decreed for the two temples to be situated in the allotment of Benjamin. And Benjamin also wept unto Joseph's neck, for the sanctuary at Shiloh, in the territory of Joseph, which was likewise doomed to destruction. Pharaoh was well pleased with the report of the reconciliation between Joseph and the Hebrews, for he had feared that their dissensions might cause the ruin of Egypt, and he sent his servants to Joseph that they take part in his joy. Also he sent word to Joseph that it would please him well if his brethren took up their abode in Egypt, and he promised to assign the best parts of the land to them for their dwelling place. Not all the servants of Pharaoh were in agreement with their master concerning this invitation to the Hebrews. Many among them were disquieted, saying, If one of the sons of Jacob came hither, and he was advanced to a high position over our heads, what evil will happen to us when ten more come hither? Joseph gave all his brethren two changes of raiment one for use on the ordinary days of the week and one for use on the sabbath for when the cup was found with benjamin they had rent their clothes and joseph would not have his brethren go about in torn garments but to benjamin he gave five changes of raiment though not in order to distinguish him above his brethren joseph remembered only too well what mischief his father had caused by giving him the coat of many colours thereby arousing the envy of his brethren. He desired only to intimate that Mordechai, a descendant of Benjamin, would once be arrayed in five royal garments. Joseph presented his brethren, appareled in their gold and silver-embroidered clothes, before Pharaoh, who was well pleased to become acquainted with them when he saw that they were men of heroic stature and handsome appearance. He gave them wagons to bring their families down into Egypt. But as they were ornamented with images of idols, Judah burned them, and Joseph replaced them with eleven other wagons, among them the one he had ridden in his ascension to office, to view the land of Egypt. This was to be used by his father on his journey to Egypt. For each of his brother's children he sent raiment's, and also one hundred pieces of silver for each. But for each of the children of Benjamin, he sent ten changes of raiment. And for the wives of his brethren, he gave them rich garments of state, such as worn by the wives of the pharaohs, and also ointments and aromatic spices. To his sister Dina, he sent silver and gold embroidered clothes, and myrrh, aloes, and other perfumes and such presents he gave also to the wife and the daughters-in-law of Benjamin. For themselves and for their wives the brethren received all sorts of precious stones and jeweled ornaments, like those that were worn by the Egyptian nobility. Joseph accompanied his eleven brethren to the frontier, and there he took leave of them, with the wish that they and all their families come down to Egypt and he enjoined upon them besides three maxims to be observed by travellers. Do not take too large steps. Do not discuss halachic subjects, that you lose not your way. And enter the city at the latest with the going down of the sun. End of chapter 1, part 13